0: You are listening to Nutshell with Sam Husko, CFA-CFP, where we take some of the stock market's brightest minds out of their New York element to demystify and summarize the complexities of Wall Street for the general public. Sam Husko works for SGH Wealth Management. All opinions expressed by Sam or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of SGH Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of SGH Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Welcome. Welcome. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing politics and its effects, or lack thereof so far, on the markets, given the upcoming drama-filled presidential election with chief U.S. policy strategist at AGF Investments and political insider Greg Valieri, Greg comes with over four decades of experience analyzing policy and its effects on the stock market. He's a fellow commentator on CNBC, Fox News, CNN, and the like. And Greg first got on my radar as keynote speaker for Schwab Impact, you know, the largest event nationally for investment advisors. Thanks so much for being with us today to get things started. You know, we're huge purveyors of emotional biases and investing, and there really isn't a bigger bias out there than personal political preference. You know, how can people fight against their own interpartisan to make, you know, better decisions in a moment like this?
1: Well, that's a good question. I, I think people have to judge each candidate's platforms. I think a lot of people care about healthcare, and I think that helps Joe Biden. A lot of people care about the economy, and an enormous amount of people who are still worried about COVID-19. And I think if Trump loses, that will be the reason.
0: In in today's tribal news sources, I mean, do you find any to be kind of the most unbiased mainstream news sources out there today?
1: Yeah, I, I, I read everything I can get my hands on early, early in the morning. But the first thing I look at is the Wall Street Journal. Uh, I know a lot of their reporters. They're really good reporters. They they cover things uh, pretty objectively. Uh, the editorial page is a different story. Obviously, the editorial <laughs> page is quite sure. But I, I think that I, I look at the Wall Street Journal stories because they are good at combining market developments with political Washington developments. So they're my They're my first read in the morning. interesting.
0: Just to lay some further groundwork. you know, as a Washington insider, you know that conjures images of smoke-filled rooms and uh, you know, notes on pigeons' legs and things like that. But, you know, how how's the sausage made? How do you source your information and and how do you decipher between speculation and newsworthy information?
1: That's a good question. I mean, I, I've been doing this for a long time, and I have a pretty good feel for how things are going. But, You know, you talk to a lot of lobbyists. I mean, lobbyists, you may not like, but lobbyists are very well plugged in. I talk to a lot of reporters. They're obviously very well plugged in. I talk to people on Capitol Hill on both sides of the aisle, and they're obviously very, very good sources. So it's a combination of things. But I think the main thing is that I've been doing this for so long, I am uh, cynical. And I don't believe it. I don't necessarily believe anybody. I I, uh, I have to filter out the spin because everybody likes to spin in this city.
0: With Trump recently contracting coronavirus, the yeah. annual October surprise didn't didn't waste much time this year. You know how how will this event be spun by each candidate in the coming weeks, and who do you think might stand to benefit the most? You know, say three four weeks from now.
1: Well, as we record this on October seventh, I, mean, I think that. Uh, Trump is not fully out of the woods. Uh, I think he still has probably a few rocky days to go. But we, we all knew he had great energy against Hillary Clinton uh, four years ago. So okay. I, th- I think I, I, a friend of mine said, oh, I bet Trump goes back into the hospital. My response was no. I don't think <laughs> so. I think he's, he's, he's too tough for that. So I, I think you know that might help him. But at the same time, I think he's been very dismissive of the disease. I mean, we've lost 210,000 people. Uh, That's a lot. It's not the flu, as he continues to say. So I think that a lot of Americans look at him and see somebody who is boastful about what a great job he's done. And really, the U.S. is about 4% of the world's population, and we've had a little over 20% of all of the fatalities. So no, I I don't think he's done a good job. I think he's done a good job. Uh, On the economy, I think things have improved. He's made regulatory reforms. He's had tax reforms. But I think his handling of the virus could be his downfall.
0: I mean, he's come out on Twitter and said things like, don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. I mean, I, I feel like these are things that his base is interested in hearing I mean, do you yeah. think that'll get his base fired up to have higher turnout? Or, you know, he's going to spin this in a way that helps him at all? Or His base will turn out in a
1: hurricane to vote for Donald <laughs> Trump. His base is, you know, fanatically loyal. Sure. And I, I thought the last two or three months that the Biden base was a little lukewarm. But I have a hunch the Supreme Court could motivate female voters of a key demographic Every state I look at, every poll I look at, and I think a lot of women feel that a more conservative Supreme Court could jeopardize Obamacare and maybe pre-existing conditions, and a more conservative court could have an impact on abortion and reproductive issues. So I I think that Biden has that going for him, but he's got plenty of flaws too. I think his agenda is too heavily reliant on increasing taxes. Maybe we'll get to that in a few minutes. I, I think that Sometimes he looks a little frail, but so both candidates have pluses and minuses. But I think if you look back on this year, you know, two decades from now, the big story this year was the virus. And frankly, I don't think Trump handled it very well.
0: And in, in watching that debate, too, you could feel that Biden had a low bar to show his mental acuity. And, yep. you know, I think he missed a few opportunities, but largely looked good. But man, Trump for a 74 year old, you're right. He's got just so much energy. It's crazy. So uh, uh, people are drawn to that. So you know,
1: he can't overdo it. You know, he can't take too many steroids. He can't get too <laughs> aggressive. People, right. people could be t- turned off by how aggressive he, he can be. But the debate didn't help him. I'm not sure we're going to have the second debate uh, in Miami. There will okay. definitely be a final debate. Trump's going to need those last two debates, if there are two, to get back in the race. Because I think right now, as we're recording this, you know, Biden clearly is in the lead.
0: And with that, talking about the debate, which if you even can call it that, I feel bad for you to have to probably watch it four or five times, but um, listening to it, it didn't feel like either candidate was trying to cater to the center or the undecided voter. I mean, is the real strategy at this point of things just who can get the highest percentage turnout of their base? Is, Is that it?
1: That's a big part of it. You're absolutely right, Sam. I think that, again, the Trump base will vote for him no matter what. The Biden base might need a little firming up. But I honestly think, you know, here we are in early October. I honestly think that 92, 93 percent of the public have, have made up their minds. I think they know who they're going to vote for. So there's not a lot of minds to uh, opinions to be changed. Now, I'm assuming there's not going to be some horrific Joe Biden gaffe, although you cannot rule that out. Uh, I'm assuming that I'm assuming there's not going to be some geopolitical shock, you know, barring something like that. You know, I think most people have made up their minds.
0: On four years ago today, Hillary held a 4.7 point lead, and that grew to as large as 7.1. And Biden's hovering at about eight to nine, maybe, depending on the poll. You know, why should anyone be more confident, you know, this election cycle on these polling predictions, you know, this time around compared to last election?
1: No, I'm not. I think I am I, predicting that Biden will win, but you know, I thought Hillary Clinton would win, and as most political analysts did. There's a couple who didn't, but uh, I, it's a little nerve wracking because you know Trump has this great energy. He finished strong four years ago. There are some differences, though. I think Hillary Clinton was not particularly likable. I mean, it's hard to say that Biden is not likable. I mean, he's a sure. decent. Guy. He's like he's like the favorite uncle. Um, you know, he he may be a little frail. I mean, I've known Biden for forty to fifty years, and I think he's lost a, a few miles off of his fastball. But you know, I I think that uh, there are big, big differences. The main one, again, is is COVID, and I think yeah. that is that's Trump's Achilles heel.
0: Have you altered the way that you predict it all, given the twenty sixteen experience, or is there any real creative ways that you've uh, you've adjusted?
1: Great, great question. So, what I look at religiously every morning is a great website called realclearpolitics.com. The front page, every day, and the upper right hand corner, they have a conglomeration and aggregation of every poll out there. So, it's not just one poll. And right now, they're showing Biden ahead by about nine. Uh, so, I have to dismiss a recent CNN poll that had Biden up by 16. That didn't feel right. That seemed yeah. <laughs> a bit too high. What I also look at, believe it or not, this is a a guilty pleasure i look at the las vegas betting sites and the aggregation of the las vegas betting sites right now give biden a 60 61% chance of winning i mean it's not a he's not a prohibitive favorite but in the last couple of weeks biden's numbers have improved so i look at that as well very interesting
0: and i've read that you've pinpointed pennsylvania wisconsin and our great state here of michigan As must-win states for Biden. You know, how do you go about predicting voter turnout for a purple state like ours?
1: You make a good point. Let's say it's pouring rain, it's freezing cold in Detroit or Lansing or, you know, Madison. Uh, Will people turn out all that heavily for Biden? You Again, you know the Trump supporters will turn out in a hurricane. So that's a problem for the poll. There's two or three other states that I think are really interesting. I never would have guessed that Biden would be ahead in Ohio. I thought that was a likely Republican state, but Biden has a lead of four or five points in Ohio. Florida is tied. That is a bit of a surprise. Arizona has a slight lead for Biden. So there are some states that have surprised me. You know, the Biden people are saying they're going to contest Georgia and Texas. I think that's a waste of their money. If Biden can win Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, he's in pretty good shape. Uh, to get to 270 on the electoral map. But, you know, frankly, I don't think Biden's going to get over 300. I think if he wins, it's going to be a pretty narrow victory. All right. And then shifting into, like,
0: potential 2021 agendas and and what each of these candidates are are showing so far, you know, Biden's tax policies of capital gains tax rates, corporate tax rates, step up in cost basis, you know, those are all directly stock market impacting type of policies But the markets really haven't reacted yet at all, which is kind of odd. How do you interpret the market's lack of reaction up to this point?
1: Well, cleaning what the market is doing is always a very humbling experience, as we all know. But I I would say right now, I think the markets are reacting to stimulus, no stimulus. And when it looks like we might get a stimulus bill, the market rallies. And then the opposite, if it looks like we won't get a stimulus bill. I, I think the markets in general will continue to do well because of one very important factor and that's Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Fed. He is determined to make sure the economy and the markets stay in good shape. He's stimulating like crazy. Uh, The Fed will keep the funds rate close to zero for the next three years. He's willing to take a little more inflation. So Powell is an enormous reason why the markets have have done well. Looking at 2021, I would say that the, the big factor is, do we get a blue sweep? Do the Democrats take everything, White House, House, and Senate? White House probably. House, definitely will stay Democratic. The Senate is the interesting one of this trifecta. And I had thought, like most people, that the Democrats might pick up the Senate by one seat. But one of the seats the Republicans are now, a may hold, is in North Carolina because the Democrat is in a sex scandal. And I think because of that, it's possible that the Democrats might fall one seat short in the Senate, still too close to call. But I, I'm not on the bandwagon like many analysts who say, oh yeah, it'll be a, a blue wave, a landslide for the Democrats, they'll control everything. If they do, that's not a good story for the markets, because I think the markets would prefer divided government.
0: Yeah, and, and you bring up two interesting points. Like We've actually seen some trading activity by bond traders that are showing signs that they are expecting a Democratic sweep. And you know, we do feel like people speak with their money, probably more with their mouths from a, a political standpoint.
1: I think the Fed has to worry, not about inflation, I still think deflation is the greater risk, but I think the Fed has to worry that they're so accommodative, you could start to see bubbles. Uh, there's there's real estate bubbles where I live in the mid-Atlantic states. Uh, you could maybe say we're getting close to a stock market bubble. So a, a bubble is something that the bond market is going to have to worry about, and maybe a couple of years down the road. Right. Right,
0: but that would be a measure to say that people kind of view what the Fed and Jerome Powell is doing as maybe more important than even who ends up being president. Then,
1: yeah, I think Powell is is an enormous factor here. Uh, if Biden wins, there's no question in my mind he will reappoint uh, Jerome Powell as Fed chairman. His term as chairman expires later in 2021. If Trump wins, you know he's had some friction with Powell, but lately they've gotten along well. And I think Trump would be very ill-advised if he decides to get rid of Powell. I can't imagine anyone better. I mean, Powell will will be about as accommodative as any Fed chairman in our lifetime.
0: In getting back to the, the Democratic sweep, you know, let's say they did eke out barely enough seats. If it's only a slight favor for the Dems, could you explain how the filibuster rule may prevent meaningful change on, on tax policy in general?
1: It's a really big deal. It sounds kind of like in the weeds and boring, but it's really a very big deal for the markets because right now you need 60 votes to cut off debate. Mitch McConnell has used that very adroitly. Now there are some Democrats and maybe Biden, we're not sure, maybe Biden would say, let's change the filibuster rules. If the Democrats win the Senate, they might say, no, you don't need 60 votes. You just need a simple majority. So for the financial markets, that would mean that the Senate would no longer be the firewall. So progressive, radical legislation in the House would move over to the Senate. Things like much higher taxes, legislation that would not necessarily be good for financial services, the defense sector, health care, fossil fuels. That more radical agenda could make it uh, pretty easily through the Senate if they change the filibuster rules. So that's going to be a big deal. Biden has said, if the Republicans want to compromise, I'm not going to go there. But if the Republicans don't compromise, I will. And that, again, would, would be a negative for the financial markets. Talking
0: about, you know, what policy might change, and it's really the policy that affects the markets, not so much the politics. You know, recently, we're uncovering a lot of portfolios that are just all chips in on like Tesla and Amazon and and the FANG mm-hmm. stocks. And now we're starting to hear murmurs of this antitrust uh, type of policy coming out. I mean, do you do you feel like that could garner some bipartisan support and, and people should be concerned with, you know, those big holdings in the S&P 500?
1: Yes. Tremendous pressure led by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is going after Chuck Schumer's Senate seat. And I think she has a chance to take out Schumer. So there's going to be great pressure on Biden. Uh, from the Bernie Sanders and the Elizabeth Warrens to move to the left, and I think, therefore, you know the regulatory climate is going to get less favorable for the markets. I think you know financial services might have to worry about a, a Treasury Secretary, Elizabeth Warren, who the markets would be horrified to see. So th- there are a lot of stories. I mean, there are a lot of things that wouldn't be positive. Now, to be fair, I think that Biden would immediately get a big stimulus bill if we don't get one in the next few weeks, Biden will get one early in 2021. I think that would be good for the economy. I think the markets would like it. Uh, Biden, I think, would be a little more pragmatic. He would be more predictable, less erratic. Uh, he wouldn't be blindsiding people all the, way, all the time. So there are some pluses with Biden. But I think it's naive to say that it's, it's a, a Biden election would be great for the markets because without any question, we're going to get higher taxes at some point in 2021 or 2022.
0: And you know, our final topic we wanted to cover is on the possibility that this election could be contested. Yeah. You know, Trump's mentioned the ballots being manipulated, not going along with that. You know, if he doesn't go down without a fight, what happens next?
1: We might not know who won for days or even weeks officials in many states are saying we can't count all these ballots on the night of November 3rd there's going to be a tidal wave of absentee ballots number 1 and 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 I would cite as an example New York state the summer had primaries and it took them 6 weeks to come up with the winners i'm not saying that will happen in the presidential race but i think it could be a while we may not know the winner right away secondly and more ominously if trump loses narrowly it's just by a point or so Maybe he loses Pennsylvania by half a point, Arizona by half a point. He'll contest the outcome. If the Electoral College is virtually tied, he has said that the election would be rigged against him, that mail-in ballots are fraudulent. And knowing how litigious he is, I think he would go to his attorney general, Mr. Barr, and say, I want you to take this all the way to the Supreme Court. And we've seen this movie before. In the year 2000, it took the Supreme Court until December 12th to declare that George W. Bush beat Al Gore. So for the financial markets, it's possible we could have a a period of real uncertainty before we know for sure who won. Since Biden has moved into a pretty big lead, if he wins comfortably, the threat of the disputed election obviously diminishes and we might not get a disputed election. Knowing that this is 2020, and anything crazy that could happen in 2020 will happen. I, I don't rule out some kind of a disputed election that will not give us a winner right away on the night of November 3rd.
0: Since the Supreme Court does see this coming though, because again, Bush Gore was kind of a surprise occurrence. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some tea leaves here showing that this could be a possibility. Do you think yeah. they will be more prepared to make a quick decision on that? Or do you find it that it could last all the way to the end of December?
1: It could last for a while. Again, I think there are several states that will not be able to count all their ballots on the night of November 3rd. So I I think I'm at least at 50% that we will not know the winner on the night of November 3rd. It might might drag on uh, for a while. If it looks like Biden won by five points and got clearly over 270 electoral votes, I think any threat of a dispute would diminish. But I just have a gut feeling that this election is going to narrow, just as we saw as we began our conversation. You mentioned four years ago, things narrowed a lot. Uh, October 7th, when we had the infamous Access Hollywood tapes, Well, as, as we record this, it is October 7th. And things tightened dramatically four years ago, and they could tighten again.
0: Okay. And do you feel like the markets are ready for this possibility? I mean, like if, if this starts getting into mid-December, do you feel like the markets are like, yeah, we expected this to happen? Or do you think it'll come as a surprise?
1: Again, that's one of the most humbling things yeah. in my life is to figure out what's in the markets and what isn't, as you know, you and I both know that. Yeah. So it's hard to say what's in the markets. I think the markets can live with a Biden presidency. I'm not sure the markets could live with a blue wave with the Democrats controlling everything, yeah. that that could be more tenuous. But, you know, as, we're, as we wrap this up, I gotta say, once again, at the end of the day, the big player is Jerome Powell. And I think that if the markets get rocky, if the economy looks rocky, it'll be Powell to the rescue. Great, great.
0: Well, hey, thanks so much again, Greg, for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. And thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode of Nutshell. And remember to subscribe, share and like us on iTunes and until next time.